I get a chance to speak with so many great leaders and educators. And today, the episode of the sport and the growing good focuses on one of these. This is Coach Josh, Josh Niblett from Birmingham, Alabama. Coach is a teacher and a coach of one of the best programs in the state and really in the country, Hoover High School. And he has just so many leadership lessons to share and coaching lessons to share. And so I enjoyed this conversation with him. It's interesting for me to note how much Coach Josh talked about things that were not necessarily all about football, but they were about everyday lessons that he shares with his young men and the ways that he develops relationships. He also talked about things that he is still grappling with, areas he's still learning. So a great chance today to learn from Coach as I'm walking out to uh, field myself to watch some young athletes perform. I am going to be thinking about the lessons I learned today from Coach Niblett. physically, but also to model to the young men you're working with. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's probably the biggest thing, you know? I mean, I think we live in a society today to where, you know, just, I think, you know, we, we just don't serve people, you know? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all about agape love. So, you know, I mean, if I was about Eros love, it'd just be about me, you know? And if I was just about filial love, it would just be about, kind of us, but then I want it to be about others. And so, I mean, how I live my life affects my children at home. It affects these children that I coach every day, and it affects my staff. And so, I mean, I think you have to understand that. And I don't think you're going to be perfect by no means, but I think the way you go about your business and the way you carry yourself and the way you talk to people and the way you conduct yourself uh, goes a long way with everybody and makes a huge impact. Coach, that term agape love, can you talk about that a minute? A-G-A-P-E. Yeah, I mean, and I and I think, well, and I, I think you have to understand what eros love and philia love is, and those are the three Greek forms of love. There's there's really six, but, you know, when I talk to our players, eros love is like, you know, I mean, for me, when I explain it to our players, it's like, you know, I love something, you know, so it's just about me. But there's kind of a, a feeling there, but... Once that feeling's gone, then that love changes. You know, it's kind of like I love ice cream, and you eat ice cream. Well, if you eat too much of it, you don't love it anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So the feeling's gone. It's very conditional or circumstantial. And then philia love is like we. So, you know, as a team, we can say, hey, we want to win a championship. But when that feeling goes away, like we don't love it anymore, Um but when it's agape love, it's it's not about I, it's not about we, it's about what can we do to affect others. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, we live in a selfish world, man. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I think everybody's worried about getting theirs and worried about what they can get out of it instead of how they can live their life in a manner when they wake up every day to make an impact and add value to those around them. And so, you know, I mean, it's 
it's hard. And and honestly, agape love's the hardest love. I mean, it's the hardest love to try to live by. It's the hardest love to go because it's an unconditional, uncommon, all right, commitment. I mean, that's what it is. And what so, does that look like on a What does that look like on a football team? Well, it looks like a guy waking up in the morning and not being late to workouts. It's a guy being early. You know, it's a guy standing maybe outside the locker room as guys walk in and say, "Hey, man, we're gonna have an awesome day today." It's a guy that tries to go out of his way to encourage folks, but it's also a guy that goes out of his way to try to hold guys accountable to do the right things and make the right choices. But you got to think differently than everybody else. The average person has eros and philia love, but the the uncommon person, the person at a whole nother level, the gold standard person is the person that believes in agape love because he makes it about the others that are around him. So, you know, and I, our coaches try to be an example of that, but I think you have to look for stuff. It's like I tell guys all the time, agape love is when you're looking for things. You know, and I'm always constantly looking to correct a kid because I think every moment is a teachable moment. If it's not, then, you know, you've kind of lost sight of what you're doing. So, for us in our program, we try to teach our players, which is not easy to do because they don't, you know, they struggle with trying to be leaders, is try to teach them, you know, through examples and through stories and then, you know, and through moments of where they have an opportunity to, to be a leader, to show agape love. And uh, and I think that's kind of been big in our program because that's what we consciously try to do. Have you developed certain routines throughout the year where you – tell these stories or where you share these lessons or is it an everyday thing? You know, you're crazy because that, I, I mean, it's, it's everyday thing. I mean, it's something new every day. It's whatever God kind of puts on my heart, man. I'm a believer and God's blessed me tremendously. And, you know, and so whatever's put on my heart that morning, there's some mornings I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to say to them. And then bam, all of a sudden, you know, it pops in my mind, whether it's through a devotional I read or through a book I read the night before or a conversation I had with someone and, you know, every Wednesday we have Mindset Wednesday. So we work out on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays. But on Wednesday mornings I bring the kids in and we have Mindset Day and I do a PowerPoint with them. And so this past week was about love and it was about agape love and it was about sacrifice and it was about, you know, how can I learn how to love others and help others and make others better. Um, and so – you know, we, we, we talk about that on Wednesdays and then every day before we start and every day before they leave the weight room, I mean, I'm looking for opportunities to have a teachable moment with them or to give them some kind of carrot that they can take that allow them to be gold standard, you know, in the hallways, whatever that may be, or in the classroom or in the community or at home. And so, you know, it's really not about football. It's all inclusive. And that's what we talk about because one of our sayings here is we want to be champions in all we do. And so, in all we do, not just champions, but champions in all we do. It's all inclusive. I mean, we want to be gold standard in everything we're doing. And uh, if you're not, then, you know, you're missing the boat because football is going to end one day. No matter what level you go to, you can go to the NFL and play 10 years. It's still going to end. And when the ball stops bouncing, then what are you going to have to revert back to? Because who you are is why you do what you do every day. And so if your why is gone – or your why is not really anything to you, it's all about what you do and how you do it, and you don't really know why you do it, then when it ends, then, you know, your life really ends. And so, I mean, it's it's in depth with our guys that we're trying to teach them how to be better fathers and better husbands one day. And if Coach, we can these, do that. These Mindset Wednesdays, are those in the – is that an off-season thing? It is. It's an off-season thing, yep. And, yep. and do you have the whole team there, or is it just certain grade levels? Yes, or certain the whole levels? team. 
The whole where team. Do you, where do you do it? Well, we have a old weight room. Um, we just built a new weight room, but we have an old weight room, and I mean, we put chairs out, and we're all in there. I mean, our staff's in there taking notes. Every player's got a notebook out taking notes, um, which is very uncommon in this day and time. But you know, we tell them that the mark of a man is a guy that can put his phone up and take notes. You know, and so you know that's what we do on Wednesdays. So. Do do you develop these, or do you lead the sessions, and, and where do you get the content, or the ideas? I just, like I said, man, it's just whatever comes to my heart. Like, yeah. look, man, I'm always trying to sharpen my edge. So, you know, I'm reading. I read. I mean, about a month ago, I was reading four books at one time, and I'm not a fast <laughs> reader, you know. And then, you know, then I'll finish a book, and then I'm listening to podcasts. I'm I'm doing research. I'm I, and then I'm studying what. Like, I don't just talk to the kids about something that's not going to relate to who we are or what we're trying to do every day because I think that's a mood point because the kids don't learn anything from that and they can't apply it to anything. So we know what we want to become in our program. We know what our core values are. We know what our standards that support our core values, and we know the goals that allow us to keep our standards strong in what we do. So every day it's about that. It's not about something that's just off the wall. It's about, you know, it's about the little things that I think that it takes for us to be where we want to be in the end. And uh, and so I think as a coach, you have to know your team. You have to know your program. And, I, saw a, I saw a picture of your core values on the wall. And I don't know if they, they've changed from year to year, but it struck me that they didn't necessarily have anything to do with football. They were about yep. kind of deeper things. And I saw yep. one of them was respecting – I don't remember the exact language. Something like respecting cultural differences on the team. Yeah. What? Yep. What? What is? What does that mean? And where did that come from? Well, I mean, it's everything. It's ethnic, cultural, race, whatever. I mean, so everybody's different, you know. I mean, in our team, you know, everybody has a different makeup. I mean, everybody has a different personality. Everybody comes from something different every day. You know, everybody's going to go home to something different every day. Everybody's got different abilities. Everybody's got different talent. Everybody's got different skill, and everybody believes in something a little bit different. Um, but when six thirty in the morning rolls around, like we have a saying here, it's called family. And it's forget about me, I love you. And so, no matter what you're coming from or what you're going to leave and go home to, you know, at six thirty in the morning when you come here to work out, there's a family waiting on you. And like, so it doesn't matter what you really believe in. It doesn't matter what you come from. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what situations you're having to deal with or what circumstances. When you make a choice to come in the morning, we've all made a choice to come together and believe in one common thing, and that's to love each other, care for each other, and help each other out any way possible. So we want to respect the fact to know that everybody comes from something different and not everybody's made the same. And I think that's what allows you a chance to have something strong within your team. It's a brotherhood. It's a bond, but it's a respect for each other. And respect's not something you you feel like you give. Respect is something that you feel like you receive. That is no small thing when it comes to what you were talking about a little bit earlier. A lot of a lot of young people today are kind of floating out there with not a lot of grounding, not a lot of um, purpose. And there's so much division in our world to, to have this place where you have a group of diverse kids coming from all different backgrounds uniting around a single cause is a pretty powerful thing that's bigger than sport. Well, it is. And if we can, if we'll do it the right way, it'll not only be here, but it'll expand, you know. And if the kids really believe in it, 
and really understand it and really trust it, then they're going to have an opportunity within their family, and their family have an opportunity to reach out to another family. And then now they become a lighthouse for, for those that are lost, you know, a lighthouse for those that don't think they have any meaning or purpose. And so, I mean, that's what we're trying to do here. I mean, that's what it's all about. I've seen your record, which is quite remarkable, um, and your championships you've won. Are there examples, Coach, of other ways that you measure success? And it sounds like what you just said, you know, being a lighthouse to others. Do you have certain stories of your men who maybe you view as big successes? Not yeah, I think I've seen a lot of kids. I mean, I've seen kids that have overcome injuries, and, you know, I've seen kids have been knocked down. I've seen kids that have overcome circumstances within their families or lost loved ones or had cancer, and all of a sudden they came back, you know, from having cancer and full remission, and then all of a sudden they're playing and winning. We just had a kid like that this past year. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, you watch, you know, kids just grow up trying to learn their identity. You know, you watch kids that couldn't get on the field when they were a freshman or sophomore, but all of a sudden they're starting and now they're playing college football. Um, and so, you know, I and, and I think those are the real-life stories because of those are the more the stories that most people can relate to. Because not everybody's going to lose a loved one at all. At mean, sometimes in their life, not everybody's going to get sick. Not everybody's going to lose their job. You know, not everybody's going to not have uh, a bad circumstance. I mean, they might have some adversity, but the thing that we try to do is find a common denominator that our kids can grow off of each and every year, and then we'll use those stories of. Because I always tell our guys, I mean, I, I mean, our biggest thing is like our word. For this year, our core values is edge, which is it's energy, discipline, grit, and execution. And what that means for us is energy. We want to show up every day with good energy, so that's a choice. I mean, it's not a circumstance. It's a choice. I mean, you have a choice to show good energy every day or show bad energy. And so in order to show energy, you got to serve. So you got to serve those people around you and be unselfish because if you're selfish, you're just going to be whatever mood you feel. And then... You know, discipline is about sacrifice. I mean, and you only sacrifice for what you love. You don't sacrifice for what you like. You don't sacrifice for what you belong with. You only sacrifice for what you love. And then, you know, like when we talk about the G, it's grit. And grit for us is guts reveals inner toughness. And so at some point in time, we're going to deal with some adversity in life. We're going to deal with some adversity in a game, at practice. There's going to be some situation that's not going to go our way. And how we handle that adversity will define not only that moment, but could define the rest of our life of who we are, but it also could define the impact that we have on the people around us. And then execution to us is, and grit also stands for substance. I mean, it's like what you're made out of. And then, you know, when we talk about execution, it's, it equals special. So how can I make it more special? Like, how can I leave no doubt? How can, at the end of the day, can I really know that when I lay my head on my pillow, I'm going to get what I deserve? And what I deserve is I've worked my tail off to put myself in a situation to be even better tomorrow so I can give a better version of myself. So, you know, that, that to me is the stories that we talk about. That's the things that we try to find is those guys that are the examples of those kind of things within our program in the last 12 years, whether we won a championship, got beat in the semis, or got beat in the finals. I just think as a coach, you got to look for those opportunities, and they got to be teachable moments. And if one guy's listening in that team meeting, then you're going to change one guy's life. I've got so many young coaches that I work with, and I think sometimes they, you know, they hear coaches like you who have been so successful, and they can almost be overwhelmed because 
you do it so well. Um, and they, they can almost feel like that's such a steep learning curve to get to where someone like you is. Are there things that you still struggle with that even though you've had so much success, what, what, what each day do you, do you grapple with and feel like you still don't have, have, I still, well, I still struggle with, I mean, I still stress out. I mean, I still have anxiety as far as, you know, wondering did we prepare ourselves today to be what we need to be for tomorrow? Um, did we learn from yesterday? Um, you know, I think I need to do a little bit better job. I tell you what I've really done a good job is, is um, you know, the personal relationships that I have with my players, not as a whole, but more or less. I've always had a great relationship with our team as a whole or as groups or segments of guys. But now from an individual basis, you know, guys knocking on my door and wanting to come in and talk and, you know, sit in my office and just want to talk about life, you know, or recruiting or what I need to do, coach, or, you know, that's when you know that you got something special. And uh, I want to Did you change something, coach, to get to, to, get to that? No, I just, I just think sometimes when you're young and you're learning how to be a coach, you just want to be well-respected. But I think sometimes you would rather be feared than respected, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, and it wasn't that I was just like never had. I always had a great relationship with my players. I'd like to think that you could ask all my players that. Now, I, I, I mean, I show my players tough love. I always have. I mean, but they know I love them and they know I care about them and they know I'm human, you know. And so that's what I want them to know um, that I do love them and I do have feelings for them. And you know, me being able to sit down and talk to them. There's sometimes kids are nervous about knocking on the head coach's door, you know, um, or you know, whatever it may be, because most of the time when you used to meet with the head coach, it meant you were in trouble, you know? Yeah. Um, and so for me, just trying to gain that relationship, yeah, it changed. I, just, I mean, I, I had to put myself out there more um, with the kids because I just I wanted to make sure that they understood how much I cared about them. And I wanted them to know that I cared about them more than I worried about them caring about what I knew, you know? And so I saw, I saw an interview with uh, Tom Izzo, the basketball coach at Michigan State, and he was saying something very similar to when he was younger to where he is now and how that he's changed the way he has relationships with individuals. One of the things he said was the place where the conversation happens makes a difference. So it, it, it has a different tone to if it's in his office yep. versus if he takes yep. a kid out for a hamburger. Yep. Um, ha- have you seen anything like that in your interactions with yeah, individuals? Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, I mean, for for close to 20 years, I've been doing a Bible study at my house during the season on Wednesday nights, strictly voluntary. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I average close to 40 kids. And they come over to the house and, you know, we do a devotional and we do a little study and then we eat dinner and they hang out, watch TV with me or sit in the back patio and talk to my wife about life. And, I mean, in they love it, but that's why we have it at my house and not at the school because I want them to see me in a different light, you know. I want them to see me in a different sector, and and I think that is important because I'm a true believer if you change the pace and you change the place, you change the perspective. Hmm. And so I think that's important with your players. But, yeah, are there times you need to meet in office? Yeah. I mean, there are times you need to meet in office. Um, are there times that you don't need to meet in office and meet outside in the hallway or in the rail or – you know, just find a spot to go sit and talk. Yeah. Is it time where they need to come over to your house? Yes. Is there time where you need to take them somewhere? And yeah, I mean, there's, there's times for everything. And I think 
whatever subject matter you're dealing with or whatever opportunity you're dealing with, then you've got to do a really good job as a coach of evaluating that so you put the kid in the right frame of mind and also let him know where you're coming from. And I, one thing that I do is I want to be brutally honest with our players, and I'm always brutally honest with our players. Now, some some players that's good, some players that may not be so good. and But I know they'll respect that fact and know that they'll come back one day and always thank me for being honest with them. Um, and I think one of the other things that I really wish I could work on, but I struggle really, really with it is I really hate losing more than I love winning. Hmm. And that just means, you know, for the most part, I don't enjoy it. I mean, I don't enjoy the wins. I mean, I just, cause I'm always looking to the next one. And but you said a second ago that you want to coach till the day you die. So why? Yeah. <laughs> So it's, yeah. it's kind of a it's a, an extreme existence, not a big impact, but, but yeah, it's it's stressful and there's full of anxiety. But I think at the same time, you know how sometimes I think when you like kind of hard to say. Like I've always saw my like some people see the glass as half full. I've always seen it as half empty. Like I need to work that much harder to get to the point where it's full. You know, mm-hmm. and. I've always feared losing, you know, more than I have looked forward to winning. And so it's always driven me. I mean, since I was young. And and I think that's important sometimes. I do. Because I think when you win, then if you if you're too busy with not having any humility, you're too busy with being satisfied with yourself, or you're too busy telling yourself how good you are, you won't stay there long because I've always said to people like I mean, for 16 out of 20 years, the 16 out of the last 20 years here at Hoover, I mean, we've played um, for a state championship. I mean, 16 out of 20. 11 out of those 16s, we've won the state championship. All the other times, one time there was a quarterfinal game in 2007, but every year that I've been here for 12 years, we've at least made it to the semifinals. So nine times we've played for state championships and three times that we've played in the semis. And so – we're doing something right, you know, but I have to make myself enjoy the win for at least a little bit, you know. Um, the burden of the expectations get higher and higher yeah, as you win more, more. And I mean, but I want our kids to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Our kids work extremely hard to put themselves in a situation to win and to be successful. So I do want them to enjoy it. Um, and I think you have to enjoy it, but I think you got to also understand, you know, people say 24-hour rule. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever had a clock that struck 24 hours and all of a sudden they, you know, they stopped celebrating or they didn't start, you know, thinking about the team before 24 hours. Um, and so for us, I mean, it's just it's just trying to let the kids enjoy it, but also teach them a lesson about, hey, let's be humble about what we're doing to stay hungry, you know, stay starving. Um, and make sure, you know, we give ourselves that opportunity again. Because around here, I mean, we love the winning, all right? But we sure do hate the losing worse. One thing on the way out, if you had um, one book or one something that a young developing coach could read, um, is there is there one or even two books that's been impactful for you that you would recommend? Well, the bad part is, is, you know, like now, like, you know, when you ask that question, most guys who've been coaching for over 20 years would say, like, a couple of the books that they read now, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas there were probably a few books when they were coaching at 
you know, six years or five years that really helped them out. Um, and I got a few. I mean, like, I mean, Bill Walsh has a book that, you know, that I think is called Finding the Winning Edge. Oh, yeah, and, about every detail of running a program. Yeah, and it's really, really good. I mean, it's really good. Um, you know, here lately, like Good to Great, I think it's an awesome book. Um, I love uh, the book Legacy. I don't know if you know much about that yeah. book. About the All Blacks. And, yep. That's and then the one. last book that I just got through reading um, is called The Program. And I'm going to tell you this, as far as it's almost a spitting image of what we do here. So, who wrote that just, one, Coach? Um, Eric Catapulic is he was in the in the Marines. Okay. Um, but it's a black it's a black book. The cover's black, and then it just says the program on it. Okay, we're gonna check that out. Well, you need to get it because it yeah. is it is. I mean, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it just talks about how you know, setting core values and having standards that support them, and you know, and then about how you set goals, but. You know, because the thing people don't understand is standards are behavior-based. So, you know, there has to be consequences when you don't meet them, you know. But yeah. goals are performance-based. So when yeah. you don't reach those, you just got to go re-attack them. You got to go after them again. And uh, so, right, yeah, I think you would love it. That's great.